Mike, I'm not sure if this is possible for a babyface to turn more babyface, but when John Moxley interrupted the worst entrance in the history of professional wrestling this week by beating up Kenny Omega, I think he might have done just that. Uh, I believe that is possible. That did happen. And this and more babyface stuff coming up on the Misspots podcast. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. So, needless to say, that was your favorite thing to happen on AEW in probably a long time. Listen, I am of the opinion, and it's probably an unpopular one. I I think I said it before on the podcast, but I love repeating myself. Mantar, Bastion Booger, better entrances than Kenny Omega's. Because (laughs) as stupid as those are... They were job guys who were supposed to be stupid and silly and dumb. Kenny Omega is supposed to be the best bout machine and the greatest wrestler in the history of mankind. And he comes out looking like a fucking goof with awkward women dancing with brooms. It is what it's, it's just terrible. It's terrible objectively. And to see John Moxley show up in that silhouette, I went, oh, I like this. <laughs> and beating up Kenny Omega. I like this. I don't think I'm supposed to because Omega's not supposed to be a heel. I don't know how. He turned heel once. So did the Young Bucks, but they turned back. It's all, none of it matters because there are no real heels and baby faces in AEW if you ask Cody Rhodes, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, and also, I mean, we're just already off to the races. I thought the Moxie promo that he cut right after this was incredible. Yeah. It was just so simple when he said, like, he said something like, God, I love this or something yeah. like some exclamation, which sounded so genuine, more genuine than he normally sounds. I was like, OK, I can buy into this. I, I, I still think he's one of the best promos in the whole business, because for every time you feel like you're or, uh, us. Uh, are losing it on AEW, he gets on the microphone and he draws you back in with his just, like, sincereness in everything that he says. Like, uh, John Moxley could probably convince me to do things that I don't want to do. And <laughs> he he's just that good. I think he's good. I don't think he's Cody Rhodes level good. I think Cody's a better promo than he is. Um, I actually think Eddie Kingston's a really great promo. There's a lot of good promos on that on that show. I, I think Moxley is a much much better promo, unfortunately, than he is a wrestler at this point, at least in how they're he's wrestling in AEW. Uh, but no, he he has the ability to draw you in. I agree with that 100. percent I am comfortable and happy with the feud between him and Omega, and. To talk about promos, what did you think about Omega's promo earlier in the night? He he wasn't wearing pajamas or, you know, an old bed shirt. He was wearing a suit and trying to look a little more professional. What, what did you think about that? Um, I I thought that it was good, but I feel like they back, he backpedaled from a couple weeks ago when he said John and I have never had a match. I was so I was so annoyed by that. Yeah, uh, like it, it was such a great heel move for him to not acknowledge the unsanctioned match and be like, "I've never, I've never fought John Moxley. I've never lost to John Moxley." To then go, "Yeah, you beat me that one time." Like, no, don't give in to that. Like it, that, I it, his delivery was good. 
I thought everything else that he said was good, but that, 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 that irked me a lot. I am not a fan of the, the quote unquote scripted promo, but someone's got to be in charge. Someone's got to give them bullet points. Someone's got to say, Hey, remember you're the heel in this and you're not acknowledging the fact that you guys have ever fought before. His promo was meandering nonsense. It didn't make any sense. The more things change, the more they say the same. Nothing about his promo represented that philosophy or that ideology in one iota. He was just rambling. He thought it sounded clever. He's obviously not a very intelligent person because none of that was coherent. But he also didn't sound like a goof most of the time until he came back into the screen to say that his dad would beat up John Moxley's dad. Oh, I, I was like, that. you, you quit while you're ahead, Kenny. You actually sounded like a legitimate pro wrestler for a second, and then you had to go ruin it. Uh, but no, I was with you. I, I was really bothered by that. Like, play the heel in this situation. Deny you ever wrestled before. That's a that's a that's good. That's a good storyline. It's it's good for the context of the match. And I was actually enjoying even parts of this promo at some points. But it's there's just so much nonsense in there. It's it's so unfocused everything about kenny omega from his presentation healer babyface from his entrance to everything he does it, it nothing adds up it doesn't balance the equation i have no idea who this guy is or why i'm, why I'm supposed to like him other than the fact that he wrestled in japan that, that's i don't know if that is like supposed to be part of the character or not uh is this just kind of non sequitur of a wrestler. Uh, but isn't that a problem? Like yeah. he's having these elaborate entrance, which looks like a, makes him look like a moron where the ring announcer is like aggrandizing him. But I'm not sure if you, I'm supposed to dislike him or not. Like I dislike him because I don't like Kenny Omega. I don't particularly find him interesting, but if I'm a fan watching him, am I supposed to boo him? I now, have no idea. Is it like, and that that begs the question now, is this all to be a heel? Like, is this the shtick in order to get you to dislike him? Like, why is he so dumb? Why is he so annoying? Why is he this? Why is, like, is that what we're supposed to be asking and saying? If, if they're doing that, then there's... There are easier ways to get to that. There's because a hundred years of, of professional wrestling history that will give you better a better uh, blueprint for that than just confusing me. Because at, at least to me, the way it, it, the way I see you feeling about him is that X Pac heat. Like you don't like him. You don't want oh, him no. on your television. It, it's not that no. you want to see him be beat because he's the bad guy. You just don't like him. No, I don't find him entertaining. Yeah. I don't find him interesting to watch. I find a lot of his segments cringeworthy. And even though he has really, really good things about his in-ring work, uh, his impact, his speed, there are really, there are some, he's very talented in a lot of ways. If he never showed up on AEW television ever again, it would increase my enjoyment of the show. That that is where I am with Kenny Omega. Yeah. If the young if the young bucks never showed up on AEW television again, it would increase my interest in the show. And that's not. I don't like him. I want him to be beat. This why I want him to go away in the most utmost way. This was this this feud is the best thing he's done, other than what could have been a great feud with him and Adam Page, which they totally dropped the ball on. Probably not Kenny Omega's fault the fault of Tony Khan or whatever book in this shit. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I started actually liking the, the promo with, with uh, Omega and then it just drifted off into complete non sequitur nonsense. But Speaking you know what, Mike, of... I did. I'm sorry. No, no, you had a great segue. I just stepped on you. No, if you, if you have a, a, a point that you want to make, please. No, nothing about this. I was going to tell you that you're going to be shocked that I'm going to say something positive about the Dark Order. 
<laughs> oh, okay, because I was going to go into a Dark Order segment, but uh, I was going to go into the Hangman match uh, yeah. by transitioning to that. Uh, so Hangman has a long extended match with a Dark Order member, and then... Uh, it was it was a fine match, but a match that didn't need to be was a it? ten minute. I thought it was a I thought it was a good match. Uh, it, it's not anything to write home about, but I thought it was a a good match. Um, and then, but it didn't need to be ten minutes. Uh, that's uh, the, our 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 running thing of of this show. But afterwards. The promo, I I thought that Evil Uno cut a a nice promo here, and we've been we've been complimentary of Evil Uno on the mic before, and he's not thinking bad. that 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 he is pretty good on there, and much much better on the mic than he is as a wrestler. Yeah, I loved his way of spinning the elite as the cult. That was great. Yeah, I mean, I'm unabashed. I find the Dark Order. I don't understand them. They're now another comedy tag team duo. Does Brody Lee still exist? He's Is hurt. he still a, okay? But still, like they don't mention him. Like they, it's just become a comedy sideshow, a la the Inner Circle. And they've never been good, but they've never been this not good. And in the fact that they're pushing John Silver, it's John, right? Yeah, John Silver. I don't get this. I don't understand. I I don't watch Dark. I have never seen him on the Young Bucks YouTube channel. But Orange Cassidy, the best friends, Chris Jericho, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega. I don't particularly like watching any of them right now, but I see why people do. Right. I think Orange Cassidy has some charisma. It's a natural, lackadaisical, silly charisma. But I see why people would like him. I see why people like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, even though I don't. Not the kind of wrestling I enjoy. I understand why people would love Chris Jericho because of his history. And they might find what he's doing funny, even though I don't. John Silver? What has he ever done to warrant anything? I've never seen him wrestle a good match other than a competent match. I've never seen him cut a good promo. I've never seen him do anything interesting or entertaining. But they're talking about him like he's catching the world on fire. What am I missing here? This is a undercard job guy from a joke faction. That is who he is, objectively going 15 minutes or 13 minutes with Adam Page, who is a legitimate fucking star. I have not been that interested in AEW. And I'm always, you know, I do have some negative uh, attitudes about the show. The show started, Adam Page's music hit, and I got excited. Fuck the the terrible booking. Screw the fact that he was a sad, lonely drunk for the last fucking three months. Adam Page's music hit. I saw him come out and I went, okay, I'm into it. <laughs> That's who they got in Adam Page. That's how good yeah. he is. And they put him with an undercard job guy who's has nothing going for him. And this is supposed to be the thing that people talk about that grabs my attention. Yeah. I- I, I feel like this is this is repeating more and more all the time is AEW needs to stop assuming that every person that watches Dynamite consumes everything that they do. Not everyone watches Dark. Not everyone watches Being the Elite. Which, why is that part of the canon of, of, of AEW? And let me jump in here real quick. I know you got a point here, but when WWE was running Sunday Night Heat, 
they would recap anything from Heat on Raw or SmackDown to continue a storyline and show video of it. Because they did not assume that people were watching a show that 1.5 million people watched when their main show was being watched by 5.5. Yeah. Uh, I I, I was going to make a, a connection to WWE in that... There's, there just is seemingly too much content to uh, keep up with, but that at least WWE has the ability to uh, and the the politeness to give us a true recap as to what is going on with that storyline to make a to catch us up on it, and I, I this bugs me to no end i i can't we can't be the only people who it bugs because of this i i'm going to jump to a different segment just for the sake of talking about uh how this works um why does murder hawk monster why does lance archer have an issue with eddie kingston they said this has been going on for weeks where when I feel like I've never seen Archer and Kingston have issues on TV. Well, there there At was the, the battle royal, the the battle royal where Archer won, but Kingston was never eliminated. There is has been some stuff that's going on in Dynamite, but it there there hasn't. I'm going to give you the the benefit of the doubt here. There hasn't been a consistent narrative that would. Uh, lead to what happened in the quote-unquote main event of this program um that's 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 definitely true but listen the fact is is that the dark order as a job group of nobodies that are a cult trying to recruit people that don't have to win anything and never really have to look strong uh other than their 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 leader every now and then winning a match I'm okay with it. I, I thought some of the vignettes early on with the Dark Order on Dynamite were actually pretty interesting. I thought the idea of recruiting a bunch of underneath guys who were not going anywhere and maybe trying to develop them could have worked. And the idea of Evil Uno, who has... I, I, I could never watch him again in a wrestling match and be very happy. He gave a great promo. He it was it was within context. It made sense within the storyline. And Paige being a guy like you know Colt Cabana, who they're trying to recruit, who doesn't go with them. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with Adam Page feuding with the Dark Order, as long as he beats the living piss out of every single one of them until he has to lose a handicap match, or the the numbers advantage is too much for him. That's great stuff. That'll work. But any one member of the Dark Order, other than Brody Lee, should be beaten to a living pulp. Yeah. The second they step in the, the ring with Adam Page, it should only be the strength in numbers that allows it to happen where it's a competitive match. Other than that, I'm okay with the feud. I think it makes sense. I will say... I got a quick little chuckle. I don't know if this has always been the thing, but you know how they have that little pose where they hold their hand up. Uh, mm-hmm. It's almost like the doing the uh, the claw. Uh, mm-hmm. That Colt Cabana waved, like <laughs> while everyone else is doing the claw, he just waves. I was like, I I got a, I got like what you did well- there. I chuckled. But you know what? They also kind of dropped that storyline because he's not Brody's protege anymore. He's just with them, but not kind of with them. It's just another example. They have no long-term idea of what they're doing. They're just doing shit week to week. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the... Let, let, you know what? Let's talk about Taz and Team Taz. And this storyline with Cody and Darby, which they they booked another tag team match for next week. Winter is coming. And uh, it's practically a repeat, 
but with Hob Subden for Cage. It is. And, you know, the one thing I, I'm really bummed out about Cody is that Cody as the TNT champion, uh, defending against all comers as the ultimate babyface. I like that, Cody. Cody is the cocky, overconfident TNT champion that turns heel with the championship or turns heel because he loses championship. I like that, Cody. This Cody is not as interesting to me. He's just kind of meandering in this feud. And 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 as Jim Ross would say on his own podcast, is he fish or fowl? I don't really know. Uh, yeah. I did, I did you feel sympathetic for Taz at the end of this segment? I don't know what I felt about this. So the FTW championship, how long have I been saying this? If Brian Cage went out week after week and defended, quote unquote, his championship against every job guy they could throw at him, beats him flat in two minutes is a joke. I've putting my title on the line because AEW will not acknowledge my championship. I am the champion. That's a, a, a different version of the million dollar championship. That's a good, steady, solid storyline to hold on to for months. And then when Taz comes out and says, you won't recognize my title, it makes sense. Other than bringing it to the, the, the ring every now and then, when has this title ever been part of the storyline? So I like the storyline, but they've done nothing to build up to it. And they could have been doing something instead of nothing. So well, I'm okay with them bringing this title in, but then they throw this swerve with his kids training with Cody. Everything is inside baseball. None of this is explained. I didn't know Taz had a kid. I didn't yeah. know he was wrestling. If and I know it sounds dumb, but if Cody would have said, a lot of you people don't realize this, but Taz has a kid. And he yeah. chose to go with me. It's... Everything seems like there's information I don't have that these people have that I'm I'm not being explained to in any shape or way, shape or form. It's bad and storytelling you, and I don't like it. <laughs> you know, they could have even turned Taz's promo tonight uh, into a positive based off of uh, what you were just saying as being negatives there like. They never show this. Uh, they He's not defending it on. They could have had Taz go. They've relegated Brian's matches to dark because they sure. refused to show the title on Dynamite. Like, they refused Great. to let the champion be on the TV show. And, uh, like, that, okay, that's a good way to make up for a mistake or just to plan it that way of uh, like it, to make up for the mistake of it, it not being on TV enough for people to care about it and to be curious about it. I mean, I think Cody will do an okay job in this because he always does. But whatever happened to Shaquille O'Neal and <laughs> Jade or Jane or something Cargill, what is going on? Because it is just scattershot storylines coming out of nowhere. You know, at some point in the last three months, somebody should have talked about Taz's kid. Just on commentary. An off a mention. That's how you build good stories. That's how you plant seeds. And excuse me for thinking that, just like the WWE, that... Every single booking meeting, every single conversation about what's going to happen on Dynamite is completely thrown out of nowhere and started from the middle because they don't have any long-term plans. And they are doing nothing to disprove me about that idea. Yeah. Um, Will Hobbs, by the way, or Powerhouse Hobbs, yeah. uh, had an effective swash. Yeah. He looked good. Cool. Do more of that. Uh, what about the, the women's championship match? Uh, Sheeta and uh, Anna Jay. 
Man, you're jumping over freaking Top Flight I, and the Hybrid 2, and you're jumping over SCU and the Inner Circle. Uh, I, I'm just going based off of how I remember it. I'm not necessarily uh, going in order. All right, I'll go with you. I, I could I could have cared less. I, I don't know who Anna Jay is. Uh, I, at one point, she was a magician, I believe. Uh, she came out in, like, tails and a top hat, and then she was an Inner Circle member. I have... No idea why I'm supposed to give a shit about her. I've, I, if before tonight, I don't think I could have picked Anna Jay out of a lineup. Uh, and because of that, I did not care about this segment. I don't care about uh, Abaddon. Uh, Abaddon. Abaddon. I don't care about Abaddon. Uh, you've got Serena Deeb on the roster, and you're gonna have. Uh, this person fight Hikaru Ishida. Sure. Terrible women's division. Terribly booked. Uh, I don't get it. I didn't enjoy it. I don't care. The, I was bothered by not only the fact that Anna Jay was the number five ranked person that, and they said, fighting for the title, but she in the uh, vignettes was like when I fought Hikaru Shida for the first time, I probably only had seven professional matches under my, <laughs> my belt. And I'm like, that was like a week ago. Really? Like you're that new to this. And then Jr. during the match goes, yeah, the first time they fought, she was practically a rookie. I'm like, she still is practically a rookie. And then he says, "Like, uh, she's she's earned her way to be here. Like, like, I'll I'll give her some credit. She's she's not uh, like incompetent in the ring, but no, she's I not mean, This is still a really really fresh new person. It, uh, it, and she just doesn't matter, and that's the thing. I mean, they've they've talked about her in the dark order and had her fight like against Brandy or brawl with her or whatever. None of it matters. None of it's interesting." Who cares about Anna Jay? There are there are a couple women in AEW that are solid, interesting people, and one of them is Serena Deeb, the other one is Nyla Rose, and Britt Baker. I mean, those that's that's the three people that I would actually want to watch when they put, when they come on TV, and they don't win the championship. Yeah, I, I don't I don't get that. They, th- those either. three, one of those three women could elevate the other people that are around them. Hikaru Shida is not a bad professional wrestler by any stretch of the imagination, but she's not a great champion. She does not elevate the people around her. She's just a ancillary piece, mm-hmm. unfortunately. All right, let's, let's, let's jump back a little bit, at least in the timeline of the TV show, uh, and talk inner circle against SCU and what transpired after this, because really that more than anything is what uh, I want to get to is Jericho saying that the, the fun in games inner circle is done and it's back to beating people up. First of all, do you believe that? And second of all, did you catch how Hager and Wardlow just stared each other down the entire time during that promo? Uh, okay, so I did not uh, catch that. So uh, first and foremost, apparently Jericho said it last week that the funding games were over. Uh, we didn't review this because we weren't watching it. They, they went to Vegas and did bad comedy sketches because that's what AEW is, a bad comedy show, a uh, sketch show. Uh, the Inner Circle... Okay, let me, let me back up. <laughs> I was really happy that I was behind. I started watching the show about 15 minutes late. I, I had a, a work thing I had to take care of. And I was thrilled that Chris Jericho came on TV and I could fast forward. Uh, I watched almost none of this match. It was wonderful because Chris Jericho is awful to watch. Uh, he is 
his his faction is terrible. It's a comedy faction. There was nothing interesting about Chris Jericho in uh, late 2020. In early or in late 2019, I would have jumped over anyone to watch his segments because him and Cody, him and Moxley in, in, in early this year were the best things in the show. It was amazing how f- far the mighty have fallen. Uh, so I watched almost none of this match, thankfully. Later on when they did the segment, I was like, oh, they said they're, the comedy's done? Do I believe it? No. Do I hope it's true? A hundred percent. There's talent there. Sammy Guevara is a talented guy. Chris Jericho, I just said, best thing about the show when he was feuding with Moxley and feuding with Cody. I'd love to see a return to seriousness for this group. And I like the fact that Wardlow, what you just said, that little that little Easter egg, if you will, uh, of Wardlow and, and Jake Hager just staring each other down. I like the idea of that. Uh, they've dragged down MJF, the best heel in professional wrestling, to their level. If, if MJF can drag them back up, <laughs> I would be very, very happy. Yeah, and you didn't miss much from fast forwarding the match. It was it was messy, it was bad. Like there there were points because everyone was at ringside too. There was a point where Frankie Kazarian had to like fight off a bunch of the guys on the outside, and it didn't seem like anyone knew whose turn it was to do what, and. It, it it was just a mess, but just overcomplicated, overcomplicated bullshit, man. I really, I really do hope that this is a return to seriousness for the faction, and that they continue on that, and that we eventually get the. I, I would assume the blow up that we're going to have at some point with MJF being in that faction. I'm telling you, I think that there's there's so many things they can do with these guys if they don't present them as goofs and people that are there to entertain. If at some point Jericho starts yelling at the people singing his goddamn entrance music and insults them and becomes a serious professional wrestler again, I want to see the return of Jericho and Moxley. And then I want to see Moxley and... Uh, and uh, MJF fight again. And maybe that's what happens. Jericho goes and gets into another feud with Moxley after Omega loses to him, and he loses again. And then MJF says, well, you know, I, I'm I'm do a rematch or something of that nature. And he gets really close, and Jericho is the one that causes MJF to lose the match because he's jealous, and that leads to the blow-up of the faction. There's a lot to do here because there are talented pro wrestlers in that group. And there are good storylines to be had. But doing backflips off of goalposts and throwing people into mimosas is not going to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not. Um, the main event. No, 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 no. We have to talk no. about uh, when the uh, budget rate young bucks fought the other budget rate young bucks. I'm gonna be honest. Didn't watch a whole lot of this match. I was busy uh, getting my turkey brined uh, on that, <laughs> and I was just like popping back and like catching a few things here and there. And I saw the ending. The ending I thought was was the smart thing like all right you got these these new young guys like they they lost to the bucks right uh last week i think that was what it was and they should lose matches they're they're new they're young they are not uh experienced i i get that th2 is probably like well not probably they're definitely not on anyone's radar right now but it is probably better that they won that match. I mean, I'm fine with the with the result. The top flight, there were a lot of really spotty 
moments in this match where it was just choppy. It was contrived. I rag on the Young Bucks because I don't enjoy their brand of pro wrestling. I find it to be contrived. I find it to be not good storytelling. I find it to be spot to spot and with almost no regard for making me care about them. At least that's the way I feel. Top Flight and the Hybrid 2 did all of that, but without the talent that the Young Bucks have. Because the Young Bucks have talent. They're smooth. They move effortlessly. They do combination offense that is really impressive on the surface to look at. And there were so many times where you just watched a person waiting for the guy to do the thing to them. And it was just uncomfortable and I didn't enjoy it. And I felt bad for everyone involved. The the top flight young guy, I think they're like 21 and 20 or something like that. They're a brother tag team. They've got a decent look. They're athletic. I have a feeling, unfortunately, they're going to evolve into something that is young bucks like that I will not enjoy. But a lot of other people will. So I hope that happens for them. The hybrid two, uh, I mean, Angelico does some interesting mat wrestling and some interesting submissions and gets into holds in different ways. And when it's done well with good competition, it's somewhat interesting to look at. But them challenging the Young Bucks, my least maybe the least interesting match I can think of in AEW right now. And by the way, FTR, FTR, the best tag team in professional wrestling, lost to the Young Bucks, lost their championships. They're relegated to an interview talking about getting those titles back. Poor fucking FTR, man. Because now we don't even get a chance to see them defend the gold every week in a 15-minute match. Yeah. So sad. So sad. Now we can talk about the main event. Yeah. So uh, another one of Kevin's favorite tag teams, the Butcher and the Blade. Did you notice? Did you know? Did you notice, Michael? They reverted to their old gimmicks. Their old gimmicks. For the last three months, they've come out in white pants. Yeah, they. Yeah, they weren't wearing white pants. That's right. No, not even that. But the 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 butcher had his trench coat with the freaking monocle, and the other one had the gimp mask, and so they're back to being. These guys again. Blade still. He wasn't wearing the gimp mask on. Uh, on I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I'm, I might be wrong with that, but I, I certainly know that the the leather half leather trench or whatever with sleeveless leather, leather trench with the monocle wasn't there, and also uh, Butcher wasn't doing that whole like walk stomp around the ring on his knees thing, and he did that again. So. Apparently, when two luchadors leave your group, you revert back to your old shtick. Um, or when a bunny yeah. comes back. <laughs> or when a bunny comes back for no reason and with no explanation. Uh, yeah. Okay. Now, go ahead. Sorry. Um. So, yeah, this was a match. And between two... Thing? Two factions, if you will, that uh, don't like each other. And it ended with a random guy coming in and uh, getting involved in it. Like, well, a- after the match, I mean, the match yeah. ended. I mean, it, I mean, I think it was Eddie Kingston was involved in the, in the finish or, oh, yeah. or whatever oh, it was. That actually does remind me of the, the finish. So Bunny... Caused a distraction that led to Kingston knocking Phoenix off the top rope. Uh, did you notice that the referee kicked Bunny off of the the apron? Like, I didn't. He swept the leg, like <laughs> kicked her, her legs out from underneath her and kicked her off the apron. I like, ooh, that was a bit aggressive. Uh, I 
I, I honestly, Mike, I tuned out of this one. In this I don't match, blame you. Pac is awesome. He is very good. But in matches with people who just do things to do things, like Ray Phoenix, who's incredibly athletic and talented, but they packed was just doing things to do things. There was no rhyme or reason to any of this. Everything broke down at every possible angle. There was no there was no story being told in this match. It was two underneath guys who I cannot remember the last time they won a tag team match against Pac and Ray Phoenix, who I can't remember the last time they were in a tag team match, in the main event of Dynamite for reasons that I cannot possibly put my finger on. In a in just a it was just a thing that was happening. There there was there's no meat on this bone. When Pac got together with Penta and with Ray Phoenix, they were together for like a week before COVID. So there's no real history with these guys even. It was none of this resonates at all. And uh Eddie Kingston cut another great fucking promo this week. He's really, really, really good as a promo. But now his faction isn't even a faction. He's a manager for a job tag team. And that's That already has a manager. Right. He's a second (laughs) manager for a job tag team. I cannot follow this. I don't want to follow this. Pat coming back and getting involved in the main event scene, I would have been all for. I, I don't understand how this was the main event. Why would you decide to put this as the last thing that we see? And then you throw Lance Archer in and you go, what the fuck does he have to do with anything? And this is a quasi go home show to a like themed dynamite that is going to have the biggest, most important match in Dynamite history. They said that a lot, or something along those lines. I am not a huge fan of ending a show on on an angle more than a match. I I like ending a a TV show on, on on a match. It's a wrestling show, for crying out loud. I would have ended this show with Moxley and Omega and the contract signing. That's what I would have done. Yeah. Because it was better as a piece of television and much more relevant when it comes to what's going on. You have the feeling that nothing that happened in the main event of the show mattered. Because it didn't. Because the murder hawk monster who is goes around beating up random sound guys now is coming out to help out death triangle is it because they have death in their name so they're going to be the murder death triangle why uh, not not just why is he doing that why are you putting this on television why have you decided this what is wrong with you that is what i have to ask uh, valid questions or valid questions questions yeah. Um yeah, I I I get that they probably want to be able to rotate in different storylines to end the shows here and there and like not always be the 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 true main event uh storyline being it. it just to be able to have people say, "Oh, that you you main evented uh an uh, episode of Dynamite." That that's that's almost like giving everyone a trophy. Not everyone, not everyone deserves or needs to be in the spot of the main event, the last bit of your TV show. It just doesn't make sense for certain stories to be there. Sorry, uh, sorry to say, like it's it's not a, a meant to be a shot at someone's talent, but. They're just storylines that are not meant to close a show. If Pac would have gone out there and fought somebody 
of competence in a main event and had a great match, that could be a main event. This, this just didn't work. This didn't. It's not interesting. Yeah. It's it's asking us to invest in something that we have no prior interest in. And honestly, you could say that is the motto of AEW. They are constantly asking us to invest in something they've given us no reason to invest in. You know, there's a... You remember the uh, the line uh, from Seinfeld? I don't know if you're a Seinfeld fan, but... Uh, when when they're when they're talking about this is a show about nothing, well, why am I watching it? And George Costanza says because it's on TV. I'm pretty sure that the motto of AEW is why are you watching? Why are you interested? It's on TV, so it must be important. <laughs> that I think is their motto because they've given us no reason to invest in these characters consistently. Yeah. They took Will Ho- Will Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs. Three weeks ago, we supposed we were supposed to get behind this guy. They did a whole freaking package about how like his brother was shot, and I mean, gave us the most baby face backstory for the guy, and made you say, "Wow, this is a fucking guy I should care about. This is a guy who deserves what he's trying to get," and then turned him heel like a week and a half later. And by the way, he's got some really good heel facials. And he's a fucking big son of a bitch. And I think he can work as a heel. But why the fuck did you give me a reason to freaking like the guy two weeks ago if you're going to turn him heel? You up, to build you up, only to let that be shattered uh, when he turns heel. I, I'm assuming that's their, their mindset for that. Like, oh, we, we got... We got them. Everyone loves him. We made a we made him sympathetic. So when he turns, people will be devastated by it. And and that could work if they actually built him up as that character for six months. Yeah. Not o- for a week over and a half. Longer than a couple weeks. Yeah. yeah. But it's just a whole thing. It's just it's 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 not because you want it. It's not because we have built it. It's because it's there you're supposed to enjoy it. And it's not much different from WWE. It's not much different from Raw and SmackDown. This is a better show than those shows for the most part, but the threads are very similar that run through them. We put it on television, therefore it must be good. Yeah. Um, do you want to do some predictions for winter is coming or does it I mean, not count? I don't think it counts. Okay. Do you want to? You don't have to. I mean, dude, I mean, if you want to. The, the, the biggest match of real consequence is the main event. The, the, the title match. Other than that, it's a battle Royal for, for a ring. It's but, a tag you know what? team match. Don't, don't you fucking talk bad about that because I love the battle royal for a ring because they're having a battle royal and you get a fucking ring and it's worth millions of dollars or whatever the hell it is. I, and also it the the MJF thing has spawned a bunch of different angles and storylines that worked off of it. I like the consistency of that. That's old school shit. I fucking love it. So, meh. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh... <laughs> Jericho and Frankie Kazarian was booked on the fly. Uh, I, I don't want to fucking predict this. This is a freaking yeah. normal episode of Dynamite. Uh, yes, I, I I am interested in seeing what they do with uh, Omega and Moxley. I really hope they don't put the fucking title on Omega on Winter is Coming Dynamite. And I really hope that they don't kill Sean Bean uh on this episode of dynamite what's happening <laughs> sean bean the oh, actor are, are you doing like a uh, a game of thrones thing yes oh okay i've never watched an episode of game of thrones so i don't know i figured you hadn't but it's also a uh a running gag that sean bean dies in practically everything that he's involved in he was in lord of the rings was he not yes yeah see i saw that <laughs> um all right, 
sell anything. Well, did we? No, we talked about that last uh, last week, the whole Zelina Vega thing. Yeah, we did. We talked about that. And we also had Survivor Series since the last time we talked. And man, am I happy we didn't watch that. Yes. I mean, it's just, you want to talk about things to be thankful for. Okay, it's Thanksgiving, right? We're all going to be celebrating Thanksgiving. You people out there will be listening to, the, uh, no, we, we go up on Friday or Thursday. Uh, we go up on Friday. Okay, yeah. so you will have been done celebrating Thanksgiving. You'll be listening to us after giving thanks. What I give thanks for is that I did not watch Survivor Series. I did not see Brand Warfare. I did not see people wearing SmackDown shirts after being traded to Raw a week and a half prior. Uh, or from Raw a week and a half prior. Uh, so that's good. I'm I'm thankful of that. What are you thankful for, Mike? I am thankful for I I couldn't come up with a joke thing to be thankful about. <laughs> uh I I I'm thankful about real life things like friends and family and I'm thankful uh, for you, Mike. I'm thankful for you and our podcast that goes out to millions of people and is listened by tens of people. And I am very, I, just because it goes out to them doesn't mean they listen. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, I'm very thankful of that, uh, and uh, that's that's a good thing. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely, I'm thankful for for all of that. Um, all right, so nothing else to add. I don't think so. All right. Thanks, everyone, once again for joining us. Hope that uh, you had a nice, lovely Thanksgiving, uh, whether that be uh, by yourself, being socially responsible, or just with a small group of family. Uh, We'll be back here next week to talk about, oh, I think we got to do Go Home for War Games next week. I mean, do we have to do that, or should we be watching Winter is Coming? Oh, shit. We sh- we probably should watch. We'll watch something, and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> yep. We'll, we'll leave you in suspense. Yes. Uh, all five of you. Uh, yeah, in the meantime, stay safe out there. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Uh, for Kevin, my name's Mike. Good night. Good wrestling.